I'm Catherine Dyer. I'm Carl Zoltan. And this is Can't Tell You Everything Podcast. It's episode two. Episode two. And we've we're this is we're doing it again. Right. I mean, essentially to us it's like episode one hundred because it's a lot of work and trial and error for sure. It's not even work. I think it's just the the stress of creating something that you have no idea what's yeah. where it's going. So today we had talked ahead of time. We actually planned something. Right. We just planned a topic. The rest just flows. So we thought we'd talk about how we came to photography and kind of that whole story. Yes. And I think a good place to start is to begin with. So I had never had social media before. I'd, I'd never had a Facebook. And I mean, I say that because that's what most people start with, I think. It could have been something before I that. Never I never had don't Twitter. Know. Oh, well, MySpace. And yeah. anyway, I never had any social media until I got to photography. However, you had an Instagram earlier on. Yeah, we went to Bremerton, Washington. We mentored a kid and he was in the Navy. So we went up to see him and we took our son with us and we stopped for pizza. He whipped out his phone, took a picture of it and posted it. And I'm and going, that was like the iPhone two or something I like no really clue. early, early on. Um, Six years Instagram ago, five had years the ago. frames around everything. And it was, and oh, remember just filter. the square pictures and right. we didn't know what the heck it was. So he took a picture of his pizza, posted it. I wanted to interact with our son. So I took a picture, got no, the Oh, app. come on. It's beyond that. You I like stuff. Are an antsy pants like you cannot no wait? Antsy pants? Yeah. Yeah, that's me. You cannot wait to get <laughs> every new technological well, thing. Yeah. Because somehow it makes you feel like you're doing something. No, because I love it. Okay. Technology well, it's a is bit king. Your ADHD. You love to get every, that's right. A little bit of everything. Yes. Yes. But you know it. It worked out. So you had that probably. I'm trying to think when we went and visited him. That was a while uh, ago. Yeah, I mean, um, we've always five, no, three years maybe before my cancer, I would say. Yeah, I don't know. Two to three years. uh, We didn't do much with that program, but when you had. I didn't have it yet. Yeah, and I had it and it was just whatever. You kind of posted like what you were eating. It was like whatever. It's like texting somebody. And you were taking the photos with your phone. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. And, you know, you know, done photography for years, but. For other things, never for social media. I didn't even know what social media was. But when you got cancer. Like I had this lump in my breast and, Mm -hmm. you know, this was a a long process. That's a whole nother story. And eventually I found out that I had invasive ductal carcinoma and. um, Not good. Well, I don't think that's a, it's a myth that there is a good cancer. <laughs> that's true. It's one that's you hear true. a lot when you're a cancer it, patient. It's, it's hard. It's but, hard. Um, so anyway, it, our, our world just became heavy. You know, it was, it was very right. And, and, you know, it's like getting slapped in the face with a two by four. <laughs> that's a good analogy. Um, but you have to, yes, while you're on one of those moving people movers at the airport, 
and you get slapped in the face with that thing. It fell off the ceiling and hit us because literally you have no choice. The people mover keeps moving. Yep. You have to get to your flight, which was my surgery. Right. You have to keep moving. So even though this two by four fell off the wall and hit us in the head, we we had no choice but to keep moving because everybody else keeps moving. And we're moving the even, keep, right. even though we're on our back and we can't move, but right. we're still moving. That's good. Right. Very right. good. And yeah, everyone else is, you know, expecting us to keep moving. Right. So, you know, life goes on. Right. And um, anyway, at some point during this whole process, we, I got an Instagram and we were taking photos with our phones at first. I remember that. And then you, one of your wisest moments. Yes, of many. And this is recorded. So I'm just letting you know that I'm throwing that out there on a recording. No, I appreciate that. One of your wisest moments. I'll play this over and um, over. You went out and got us an entry-level DSLR camera. Yes, full frame. Right. But it was an entry-level. Right. It was a kit. It was a kit. Um, right. From Costco. Well, I don't want to get into any brands oh. or anything. Because I don't the know store. if we're allowed to. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, it was a kit. Came with like a certain, maybe two lenses, the the body. And it. I don't think it was um, full frame. It was cropped sensor. Was it? Uh huh. Okay. It was the it's still first more than we could handle at the anyway, time. But anyway, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. Right. And I actually really loved it. But you got it because you said, uh, let's learn this together. And, you know, keep in mind, we had just been hit with that two by four and we were still on the people mover. I was literally thinking, okay, okay. You know, because what I don't else know you what else do? to Exactly. Right. I what don't else know what are you else to do. do. And I took advantage of you that way because now we got a camera and then we got well, a... Well, no, I thought it was really smart because we had to do something no. to get out of our heads. There was a plan. And it it did help. Um, and I have more on that that I'm going to talk about on Chris's show because there's a whole story behind this right. that's, uh, you know, really um, important. But... right. So we got this camera and then we went out and we started shooting with it and um, learning as we went, which really, really was was fun for me because I can get in my head about things. And thankfully, I didn't go online or look up tutorials or look up the rules. Right. We didn't know. And it was all encompassing and it took up. You only have so much that you could be thinking about at one time. If you fill that up with new stuff or other stuff than the bad stuff, that's a good thing. And that was the idea. And it was fun. And we were learning together. And and we saw so many places we would have never seen. That's, that's right. That and was a big thing for me. Because we did nature photography. We had Lake Tahoe. We had a lot of beautiful places around us to go shoot. And that was our excuse to get out of the house. We even drove around local areas in the outskirts. We found our oak tree. Oh, just I at the edge of that. town. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was our sanctuary. If we had a it bad day. It was like day, within five minutes of our house. Probably, it was. Right? Yeah. And it was like in the middle of nowhere. And the good thing was the sunset right by it. And we'd go there for sunsets. And it was our salvation. It helped us. We healed through photography basically at that time. And we went to that oak tree many a night because it was close beautiful, convenient, and, and peaceful. Peace. Peaceful. It was just glorious. It, it was, was like our sanctuary. It really was. It, right. was. it was just, and it was strong and what it represented, and it was just very powerful. Um, and we, 
And keep in mind, this is all while cancer's going on. We're still on the beginning stages. It's hard. Right. But we're still on that people mover. So we are out experiencing a gorgeous place with gorgeous light and finding new places. And at the meanwhile, I'm still checking my phone and I'm seeing are my lab results in because I don't even know my staging. Um, And again, there's a whole story with that. But, you know, I'm as present as I can be for the situation. And that's all thanks to you with that camera, really. And I, again, I feel like I'm going to be talking about fate, like every time we're recording this, because it's almost like it wasn't meant to happen, you know, but it, it happened and it was like a parallel journey to the cancer journey. You know, it's like, here's the cancer journey. And here's the, you know, and we saw so many beautiful things and places that we wouldn't have even seen in healthy times, but let alone when we're, you know, stuck in this process. Right. We needed a release. So we went out often, even if it was a half a day to go shoot, to uh, experience nature and to get fulfilled. And then we started posting those pictures on Instagram. Right. You started posting. I started posting and we started getting a following and it just kind of went from there. It was a different time with Instagram. We should point that out because this was uh, the previous owner before Facebook bought it. This was 2014. Yes. Um, It was still square shots at that time when we Mm -hmm. in the beginning, because I remember really um, trying to shoot to crop, you know, right, right. It was an interesting it was thing. tough because I, I like landscape. I learned shooting that way. So I learned to shoot to crop. So right. actually, once you could post your full shot, it was a little, I had to relearn kind of. <laughs> right. Um, I was never really comfortable saying, like, I'm a photographer. Right. Because what I feel like is I feel like I'm a human being who used the camera as a tool. We did. You did. And, and I'm sure maybe that's what, what everyone does. But I guess what I mean is I'm not technical. I'm 100% from the heart. It was a healing tool, just the same as, as drawing is for many people or writing, journaling. Um, and that was the one that you brought to me. You know, you really brought that into yeah, our lives. It was our release. It was. Um, and honestly, I think had it been in regular life, I would have been so in my head that I wouldn't have gotten the same. I wouldn't have allowed myself to get the same enjoyment from it. Absolutely. I think that I gave myself a break too, because I knew I was going through so much. So I allowed myself to fully immerse in this world and learning it and, and trying to create and trying to find these moments of peace during this storm. Absolutely. And another aspect I'm thinking as you're talking is once you get hit with something that can kill you. You enjoy and look at life differently. You enjoy each and every day. Well, right. And like and I we said, did that. I'm part of this goes back to um, the speech I gave. And I'm, I'm planning to have an episode on Chris's show where I cover more deeply the meaning behind all of this. Right. Um, but for me, honestly, like, yes, at this point, I am there where um, 
But at that point, I can't say my perspective had changed because I'm literally just surviving each day. I didn't have, I wasn't past it to where I could have that perspective and think like those types of things because I was, I was just hanging on every day. You know, I was waiting for tests. I was waiting for staging. I was waiting for, were they going to tell me I was going to die or not? You know, I mean, I had such heavy things going on in my head, such really serious things that it was easy to forgive myself in other areas, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Normally when I learn something, I'm a perfectionist. I'm no. over analytical. No. Yeah. But <laughs> with this, I forgave myself not knowing the rules. I let myself just let it happen naturally. And it was such a powerful experience for me. And it was a little, you know, probably different for you because we weren't, we were going through kind of parallel journeys, but very different. Yes, it was. And, you know, we were learning a lot. Oh, and we were sharing that camera. Yes. I was just getting into that. that. I'm getting into that right now. Yes. That's the strength of this relationship. Oh, it was strong until it wasn't strong and we had to get another camera, but we were sharing. You wanted another camera. Come on. Well, of course, but, um, Let's, let's just go back to the camera and shooting and why, mm-hmm. you know, it, for me, it was a little different, but it's still to enjoy every day to get your mind off of it because I'm a caretaker for you. I love you. I want you to be happy. And well, and you the, were also waiting to see if I was going to live or what. No, I know. Happen, I know? know. But I'm my job is to comfort you and help you through. And then when you're having a tough day, I feel like I'm failing. It's just my nature. So. It was very hard, but getting out for photography and enjoying nature and starting to look at things differently and then posting and then editing um, and then learning the camera. But the problem was, like you said, we had one camera. So when we got to take pictures at certain locations, we're at the same place taking different shots, but we have to change, interchange the camera. And sometimes like I'd want a different lens. And yes, uh, yeah, yeah. so it, it was tough. And then. The other thing was, you know, we have a good picture there and I'd say, I took it. You say you took it and you probably did, but I wanted to steal it. So it starts getting rough. There's a lot of dynamics with shooting with the same camera, dealing with cancer. And at one point, I remember when we'd be out on a shoot and we'd say, let's take a picture of our face first and then shoot. So we know it's that person's photos. It got it got vicious. It got vicious. And it's tough. But that's what we started. It's a cutthroat world, babe. no. We had to fight over teasing. followers. No, I'm kidding. But what it was is we, we, we developed an eye. We developed some skills. We started to have different perspectives because we shoot differently. And we were growing. So we got to the point where we needed another camera. And we got another camera. And did you get the new one? You got the new one, and I kept the old one. Because I'm a giver, babe. Well, at one point... I mean, it, we've had many cameras now, but at one well, point, this is the beginning. Um, when you first went full frame, I stayed with the crop sensor, and mainly I had a. Um, I I really enjoy shooting wide angle, and I had a wide angle lens. You had a perfect I, lens I really at the time loved. for you. Mm-hmm. And you know, one thing when you upgrade cameras or switch cameras, it's tough because. You can sell that camera. It's it's almost like upgrading cars, really. I mean, you yeah. or computers. Features, you, know, you can I, yeah. yeah, but but the lenses don't fit. The accessories don't fit. So you can upgrade, but then you can't 
you know. Can't get a whole new setup with lenses, cameras, well, everything. Well, the price, it's, it's tough, but also you're attached to it, and it's a whole different way of shooting. I really, the first full frame, I had a lot of trouble adjusting. It, um, it's like when you are hitting your stride, whether it's running or just with whatever you're doing and hitting your stride. Yeah. And then there's a hurdle put in your way, you know, right. and that's kind of what it was like for me when I switched to the full frame Absolutely. because it was, um, different lenses and it was just a process of trusting myself too, that I knew what to do with a different tool. Right. So let's get back to the, what we did with the pictures and inspiration you got from people when you were posting on we started with Instagram mm -hmm. and the connections you made that's a whole nother dynamic forget about the camera let's go into the pictures responses connections so basically for me I didn't understand social media but I didn't really care because I had so many uh, more important things got a lot on. going on Right. I mean, you know, just a few things like cancer, testing, all this. It, so, the big, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just put it out there. I just thought, okay, well, I'll just post. And, and they were horrific edits. Um, you know, I didn't, I knew nothing. And I, it's not like I had even taken the time to research and look at other people's stuff because I didn't. Right. I needed to do this for me. It wasn't a research project. Normally, I put a lot of thought. And, and I did put the thought, but into what I wanted to put out there only kind of like we are with this. Yeah, the, so, you know, um, you start kind of, um, it's very interesting with followers. I feel like, and it's, I feel weird calling them followers cause it's more relationships. Well, you follow them too. Point. We're all followers. Right. Um, but I feel like, um, there's many, many people that I follow today that were followers, you know, that I met then. So that's almost six years ago now. Yeah. And the interaction, you find people like this podcast or anything else. We talk about inspiration, touching other people, delight. When you were posting, you might not have known the rules of photography at the time, but you did your passion. You did what you felt was good. Other people connected. Uh, other people connected to the cancer because they're going through cancer. Yeah, but not necessarily. So remember in the last episode where I talked about how my joke went over flat at well, the no. MRI yes. meeting room? You'll recall this. I had, and I, probably at least twice, I had people that I thought I had a relationship with on Instagram because I'm a very trusting person. So I just thought like, oh, okay, you know. Yeah. I thought communication is clear. Two-way like street. This. Right. Yeah. And two different times, once, uh, my account started to get more popular, and um, I was moderating for this other account, and, you know, people then will DM you and uh, direct message you, and they'll say, you know, can you um, put my image on what you're moderating this week, or can you, you know, you want, I want it to, I want to for everybody, however, there were themes, or there were certain parameters within uh, what I have to act and I can only feature so many photos during my moderating of this page. Right. So, you know, I had a back and forth with someone and it ended up to be a thing where, you know, I couldn't, 
I couldn't feature their photo. I had put it in and I had asked the And account. you didn't make the final decision anyway. Right. Well, that's my point. Like I suggest and then they pick what they want. Right. And I think I suggest three or four each time and then they pick one. And, you know, it's really hard to explain this. This is through language barriers, through uh, direct messaging. But anyway, I had somebody really disappointed and kind of um, wrote me a really, really nasty um, direct message. This is after knowing each other through Instagram, though, for a few years and and being supportive through my cancer stuff. And um, on to be really honest, you know, I... I ended up crying, which, you know, I was really heartbroken over. I took it very personally um, because I, f- I think I took it so hard because I felt like they didn't understand that I didn't let them down on purpose. Yeah, you're, you're working out of a good place, passion, and trying to do the right thing. Unfortunately for you, when your account got big, say 60,000, 70,000 or plus. I don't know where you were at that time. I don't know either. But then we get into the fancy dancers. And then the connection is not the real connection we talk about on the podcast that we try to do with people. It has nothing to do with money, progress. We don't want anything from anybody. It's for the connection. But when you get that big, they don't want however, the connection. At the they time, want promotion. At the time, neither one of us really understood that. No, I know, but that's what we learned. Right, or, but what I'm yeah. saying is at the time, we didn't really understand it. And and there was a time when my account was, um, it wasn't the number of followers. It was the amount of activity I was having. It was going so fast. The likes. And oh, it, I had been it. put in by someone else who had been a suggested user. However, I was never aware, you know, or told I was made a suggested user. But um, I was getting, you know, quite a few likes. And then I would get direct messages also of local people that wanted to meet up with yeah. me. As your account grew, things began to change. Right. But I think more the point I was trying to make is that because I was so new to social media in general and um, I go from the heart on so many things. Right. I was devastated to think that one person all, all the way overseas somewhere who I'm probably never, ever in my life going to see in person, um, was upset at me for not featuring their photo. I mean, I was devastated. Oh, it's an eye-opener. It is now at this point. At the time, I really felt horrible. I felt like, oh my gosh, am I a horrible person? And I try. the worst was I tried to explain, like, I, I suggested your photo, I screenshotted to, you know... And I went through this whole thing of, and then in hindsight now, I'm able to look at that and think, this is one person, you know. And so I guess what my message with this that I'm trying to get across is, what I have learned through this process is, you will never please everyone. Right. There are only so many relationships in life that you really have to nurture and, and hold dear and um, make a point not to have that that falling out or misunderstanding. Right, and that happens. But what I'm saying is, this wasn't one of those relationships. But, no. But I treat every relationship like it is. You're all in. Right, so 
Or I just feel responsible. You know, I don't want anyone to have a bad yeah. day because of me. Yeah, you're too and kind. And for this person, it was probably like a one and done, whatever. I chewed her out and blocked her on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, well. And to me, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, like yeah. I hurt their feelings. You know? well, yeah, there wasn't a connection. And when you start getting bigger like that, a lot more of these people come around. Um, I mentioned a tree earlier. Mm-hmm the oak tree. And then when you were going through chemo, we had a rough day this one day. We and had many rough days. No, I know. Chemo. But this, this was a particularly rough, rough day. And we said, let's go to the tree. We're going to go to the tree, chill, get our um, breath mojo back, back our get mojo. our mojo back. And then uh, we're driving out there. Mm-hmm. And then there's which a, is like five minutes. Yeah, and then, but there's two turns. It's out in the middle of farmland, lone oak tree. But you can see it once you go by the right. first turn, right? Right. So we go through the first like turn, a beacon calling you in. And then I'm looking, and I I don't see the tree, and I'm going. No, no. I think I said to you, like, do you see the tree? Yeah, I didn't see the tree, and it was still light out. Yes, it was we light get there out before we get, sunset at dusk, and we didn't see the tree. And then we're thinking, well, maybe like we're just not at the right angle. Right, or, right. right. We, we're hoping something. for the best, and we're saying, how can this old oak tree disappear? Is what I'm thinking. I go, it's got to be there. We're not right, looking right. right. No, I agree, because it's not like the field had been plowed or anything else had been changed, so we're thinking, like, from what we could see, the tree should be there yeah. once we turn the other corner. It was just there the other day. You know, so as we're approaching the second corner, we're thinking, when we turn this one, we're going to see the tree. Yes. Mm-hmm. We didn't see the tree. Well, we saw it, but well, it was, we, yeah, it was it on fell. the ground. The tree fell. Our solid oak root. It was our root. It was our base. Sanctuary. Sanctuary was gone. And that was devastating. It split in half and fell over. Well, however, we didn't, so we didn't know what exactly had happened to it at the time. No, we didn't. But you posted a picture of it. Down, I believe, uh-huh. kind of saying the whole story that I had had chemo. And I think I'd had chemo like two days earlier. And then as soon as I felt good enough, we went by the tree. Yes. And it was this thing of like, you, you wrote it in your story on your post. And then somebody responded to that. and They I told mean, us what happened. This is how interesting, again, fate Right. But somebody responded to it and said, I was there two days earlier, which was the day I was getting chemo. Uh-huh. And it was up and then it got hit by lightning, they thought. It, or it no, was, no, no, no. It, it was had a like crack. A, Moisture yeah, got in the crack. it had a crack. And then, then it, it got froze. like a fungus and a disease inside and it split it and separated. it just fell over. Yes. Yeah, no, that was... Interesting. That is fate. And um, we just had to find a different place to go. But it, um, but it was never it was devastating. quite the same. No, and no. And we never found no. another oak tree that was a stand-in for that oak tree. We, we found one close well, we found by other later. things, but not like that. It was That never will the never same. be there again. And such, such is life. It, right it, off the road. It was so perfect for the time and what we were going through. And it was easy to get to because, you know... We, at that time, we couldn't really go but too, too far. I think in a way it just kind of shows you that how the one thing we thought was that that oak is so strong. And then with what I was going right. through and, and how we I had to strength. be strong, 
And we just felt, I at least I did, Carl. Like, looking at it, I thought, like, this is how fragile everything is. You're absolutely right. Nate, it doesn't matter. Life is precious, and everybody says it. You have to enjoy every day. You do. It's as simple as that. There's nothing else we can say. Don't waste a moment because you never know. Oh, I still waste moments all the time. But, you know, it it was um, definitely, again, like a parallel journey with what I was going through to see that. it. Um, so we use photography for healing. Mm-hmm. And even with that, that was a bad day. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, it's your spot, you know, it's your, yeah. it's your go-to and it had been our go-to mainly because with chemo, you know, you never know how far you're able no, to you're go, right. you're how, right. um, it wasn't as easy to go as many places. So that spot was kind of our standby. It was, I mean, our like steady, you know, it was our spot. There. Yeah. And, um, all reliable. But in a way, the good thing about that is something I'm horrible at, which is adapting, having acceptance, and then changing your perspective. And I'm, I've always been horrible at that, as you know. You're great at it. Um, and I think that that was a forced perspective change. Absolutely. And I, I think in life sometimes, and cancer was one for me too, but I feel that those things happen sometimes just so that people like me that do have trouble adapting or accepting things, you have to. I'm yes. still on that people mover we talked about. Oh, yes. I'm still going forward. I think we're all on the people mover. We just, right. yeah. But we want know, to be standing up on it instead of on our back. But uh, force. I want to step off the people mover sometimes. Can't do it. It's right. all, yeah. No, but you want to step, step off. I want to step off so I have time yes. to adjust, accept, and then step back on. Right. And I know you can't, but what I'm saying is for people like me to have that forced acceptance, and that's what it was when that oak fell, because you have to adapt. Adapt or you're not on the people mover anymore. You know right. what I mean? I like that so. forced perspective change. And what oh, that does, like it. it gives you more perspectives because you have to find another and the more perspectives you have, the more healthy you can be because it helps and more experience. So you're right. That did force us to look at different things, find different spots, expand instead of going to. to the same spot over and over. And the thing with an oak tree, what's so interesting about that, it just like with anything in nature, with humans, with everything you're never going to find the same one. You're never going to find anything that's the same, that looks the same, that that photographs the same, that, you know what I mean? So I know. As we were looking and trying to find a new spot, it's almost like, not necessarily grief, but that's the forced perspective change. You have to accept that the one's gone. You have to accept that it's going to be something completely new. And it's the same with life. When you lose a job, you lose a partner. You know, you have to accept, adapt, you know what I mean, and move forward. And no matter how good it was, how much you loved it, her, him, whatever it may be. The job. It's done. The car, whatever. You have to move on. Uh, Enjoy the memory. Move on. And it's much easier said than done. Mm -hmm. But it's it's 
you have to do it. And you're right. That's exactly another time we had to do that. Right. And that's called life, you know, and it is. That's a good analogy for many things we, we have experienced in life. I mean, with cancer and we're going through that simultaneously and that tree was our, our refuge. And then we go to it to seek that refuge and to find that peace. And it's on the ground. And, 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 we, now, and I'm literally at the time, Carl, I was literally thinking like, okay, so I'm supposed to stay standing and this humongous oak tree. Yeah, the mighty split, oak is down. Split in the middle and fell over. And that was our strength and our strength was gone. But it you're right. It was like a refuge Fourth, for me. Forced perspective change. And mm-hmm. we survived. We moved on. It was devastating at the time. Right. But there's always that light at the end of the tunnel. And that's a good way to look at it and talk about that. Well, and the kind of cool thing about that is because of that, we endeavored to places we might not have, especially during chemo. Absolutely. So, again, I I keep talking about fate, but I feel like if that tree had stayed, we would have stayed going to that tree. Right. So that's this five-minute drive from our house, you know, here. Yes. But because that tree fell... We had to expand our area to like here to find another tree or something else. You know, we doubled our area. And at the time, it was easy, not not easy to hold myself back, but, you know, it was easy because I wasn't feeling good to say, well, let's just go to that tree. It was convenient. No, it was also easy because I wasn't feeling well. So it's easy just to say, okay, I can do five miles from our house or, you know, five minutes or whatever it was. But... It's more difficult to go out not knowing where you're going to go, not knowing what you're going to find, and which is life. Um, but it's more difficult to do that when you're not feeling well. Absolutely. And this, listening to what you're saying there, it's a, it's a new challenge. Mm-hmm. And you challenge yourself and you do even more than you were doing. And right. that's a good thing. And we but went at the to, time, it's not. We went to the snow at one point, and I remember. Because oh, my poor babe. We went there, and it was deep. Um, it had snowed a lot that year and in California. Well, we went but, up to Tahoe um, to right. go to your pond you like, and the snow was thick. Yeah, well, I didn't, couldn't make it to the pond, but right. I remember getting out. I think I was able to take, like, maybe up to five steps. What, with chemo, it burns your muscles after a while. So, I mean, at least for me, you know, it was it was more and more difficult to do the stairs or walk farther. And um, the snow just put it over the edge because it was probably like up to the top of my thighs. So uh, it Almost was, waist deep. Right. So it was, um, it was tough. And, you know, I took those, I still think I have a picture from then. Because it was really not of anything. There was nothing good within five steps of the car, but that's as far as I could go. That's all we had. You know, so sometimes you just have to go as far as you can go, make what you can out of what you've got, and, you know, be happy with that because um, you can only do what you can do. But I'd rather have taken those five steps and took a picture than not gotten out of the car. Or... Leaving the house, let alone well, right. the car. But I mean, what that I was mean is when I got there, I knew it'd be tough, but I thought, well, I'm going to go as far as I can go. And it and wasn't as far as I wanted to go. And it wasn't as far as I wished I could go. But 
I chose to be happy with as far as I could go. And that's kind of what I'm saying. Sometimes we just have to be happy with as far as we can go. Absolutely. It might not be where we want to be, but next the next year I went back there when it was snowing and I was able to go the whole way. You right. Know? So I think that that's a big part of life. You know, you sometimes you can't do 30 steps. Sometimes you can only do five. Sometimes you can do one, but it's better than none. It's a... Uh, be happy with what you can do, and that's it. And again, that's adapting. That's it a, is, that's and it's hard forced, to do. It's hard a, to do. For, well, yeah, because I felt weak at the time, and I felt in a way like, not that you were judging me, but I felt like it was reflecting on me. Maybe internally, I just didn't want to appear sick. And you already automatically appear sick when you have no hair and you're losing weight or you can't eat you know, these different things, and you're going to at least two doctor's appointments a week, and you just, you already feel sick in in so many circumstances. And when I'm out there by myself, I always told people photography is a solo sport because I could be out there bald. I could be out there, you know, I never wear makeup. I just look like whatever. And just me and the camera and whatever we see. And that's what I enjoyed about it. But, and again, you brought that into our lives. And I just, I'm deeply appreciative of that. And I'm sure I've brought that up. No, I I appreciate it. And it's uh, taken us on many journeys. And And not planned. That's what I loved about it is this was a completely organic experience that we, we didn't look for. We didn't even know what we were getting into. We didn't plan no. for it. There was no plan other than healing. Right. We well, didn't care. And I didn't even know that was, I mean, to me, the only plan was just try it. You know, because I, I was a little Well, bit, I had healing in mind. No, and that's <laughs> good foresight on, on your part. But uh, I didn't, I couldn't put any expectations on myself no. because my only goal was making it through each day. Right. You had a lot more on your mind. You're, it's your body, you know. And I just wanted to life. make it through the days. And yeah. So it was very you know, helpful. The camera helped. It was helpful. So you talked about challenging yourself. And then as the followers grew, we started to do a little more f- different photography, incorporating different things into our photography. And I, I can remember... One day I was very proud of you and I kind of tricked you again or I didn't know how far the drone would fly. But we were doing a shoot on a kayak and I asked you if you'd go in the water and kayak out. And, you know, there's uh, houses or cabins across Lake Donner Lake. Mm-hmm. And I asked you, you know, you know, paddle to the other side of no, the lake. No, that's not what you said. So what? you basically said paddle as far as you can go. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, probably did something like that. Yeah, my but, goal was to yeah, see just you very general with that and fly and the drone out there. So you had, I could hear the drone at one point, and then eventually, I kind of couldn't hear it. I was the only one on the lake. It was perfectly glassy. It was still. awesome. I happened to have my camera with me, and I think at the time I just had it like in a Ziploc bag, in you know. The kayak, right. their body, mm-hmm. um, and you know the lake was so still; it wasn't like any water it was, was getting in my it kayak. Was beautiful. The paddle um, was two pieces that hooks together, kind of like has a little button that pops up, hooks together, and then it makes one paddle. So, uh-huh. um, 
it ends up, I guess, that lake's over a mile across because... Well, that's what I found out. Because the drone only goes a mile, and I went all the way across the lake. But I went into a cove, and there were lots of houses, you know, and it was so perfectly still once I stopped my kayak. So I got out my camera out of the baggie, and, I, you know, that's my waterproof case. And then I just started like taking pictures of the kayak with the reflections of all these gorgeous houses and the the snow. Everything was covered in snow, which is so like it was peaceful beautiful. and mm-hmm. but you I didn't know if you had seen any of it because you're still on the other side of the lake. I so didn't then, know it till later. You know, I eventually realized I'm not hearing your drone anymore and whatever. So I put my camera back in the bag and put it in and and I and I paddled back. And then when I get back, I told you, like, you need to go see how, right? Didn't I say, like, you need yeah, to go Yeah, yeah, you said you found a nice spot, need yeah, to go said, check like, it out. you need to see it looks yeah. so much different from mm-hmm. the water and when you're over on the other side. Right. And then I don't even think you let me know yet that you didn't get me on your drone because I was too far. Well, what happened was I was going to get the drone shot of you, and I got some up high with the cloud reflection into water and a little bitty kayak mm-hmm, with you mm-hmm. in it. And Sounds one thing, great. And one thing we didn't mention... It was 29 degrees. 26. 26 degrees. Mm-hmm. And she was out there alone. But what happened was when she paddled out, I flew my drone to get a shot of her by the cabins like I was thinking. But the drone only went a mile, and I didn't realize it's like two miles across the lake. So I never was able to get the shot. I didn't know if you told me till we went home because oh. I think I was so excited for you to come out. Yeah. But... um. But anyway, we did get together and go out and there. And luckily, I think I had gloves because the paddle is, is metal. And what I was saying earlier with those two pieces that fit together, we found out later on that they froze together. We couldn't well, even get them apart to fold it back up. Well, let, let's go back to when we went out there. So uh-huh. we both kayaked out right. there. We got our shots. So I went, the, I had gone you a did mile it twice. out, a mile back. Over a mile. And then, and Over then a mile. went again. Yes. Yeah. So then we went out there. We had a good day. Mm-hmm. We enjoyed it. But when we came back, like you said, the paddles clicked Two together. Pieces, yeah. They were frozen. I couldn't separate them. The kayak we had was a foldable mm-hmm. one, and there was ice all over the kayak from where the water comes right. as you paddle. Mm-hmm. There was ice everywhere. Mm-hmm. It so was I had, freezing. It was it freezing. was freezing cold. But when you're moving, you know, luckily we were like moving a lot, right. so you don't. Realize it. My hands right. were cold, but that was about it. Right. But it was a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. Great experience. And the point of the story is we wouldn't have been there if we weren't shooting this kayak. And that was our excuse to get out. And it was a glorious day. I, I remember it to this day. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't be there if it Another wasn't for photography. Another perspective change. It, what, yeah. Forced perspective change. Right. Because... The kayak forced us to get out there exactly. and do it. And, exactly. You know, so with all of this, it's been kind of a little push each step of the way. So it evolves. Mm-hmm. It evolves. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, photography was great for that and get us through that time. Right. And uh, it, it's a metaphor for life. You know, the challenge, overcoming, adjusting, a forced perspective change. I like that. I'm, that's going to stick in my mind. But it, uh and all of this is why you're going through the worst experience of your life, basically. Cancer, treatment. One of the worst. Well, but well there's life is, you know, yeah, has many it, surprises um, for sure. We'll have a lot of stories on right, this podcast for inspiration. 
I mean, that that experience was part of the people mover. The cancer was automatic. Like, it was going to keep happening no matter what. The photography was a choice. Yeah. And I think that was one of the really great things about it. Because when you're in a process that's so forced, you just have to do it. Grin and bear it. Yeah. You've got to get through it. Mm-hmm. It was nice to have something that was light and that was my own choice. And that was you know, for Absolutely. pleasure and for peace mm-hmm. and not something, you know, it w- they were drastically opposites. You and know, we was, needed it. Right. And it I was agree. fulfilling and it brought us together too. And we do everything together. Very, very helpful. So we started out talking about Instagram and how we got into it. And I think a really interesting story that you could share is also that you ended up getting your mom into Instagram. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, my mom's in her mid seventies. Uh, she probably just retired and she has had lymphoma. She's passed since. So what she did, we showed her Instagram. We explained well, you it. Did. You, well, I showed you her Instagram did, yeah. and explained it because I thought she might like it because she couldn't get out. And then she took onto it pretty good. She started, uh, posting and she could only take pictures of stuff in the trailer. And as you told her, she took notes. She took notes. She did. She was how serious. How to do each thing. She did. Because she, she, did. she really wanted to know. And she'd call you with questions. She and, did. Right. And we and we'd check in with her. And mm-hmm. she followed me, followed you. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'd do anything for a follower. So I got her on there. <laughs> so uh, she started taking pictures of her antiques, like the, the teapots, teacups. Or she cups. would do a whole like place setting, set right. up. She did right. set displays. She enjoys the mm-hmm. setup and she really got into it. And she'd post her pictures and she didn't have to travel or do anything. She could post right from her house. She enjoyed that. But what I found interesting is there's people throughout the world that do the same thing. She followed, she found similar accounts. She did. She did. Similar interests, just like we did with nature, but with uh, collecting. Yeah. What it, yes. uh, vintage accounts. Yes. She would tell us like which ones she looked up to and hoped to get a following like them. And oh, she'd show us their pictures. How do you think they get this look? You know, it was, she was awesome. Right. And then she'd go, Cuddle, I have five followers. Like, oh, great, Ma. Cuddle, I have 10 followers. Oh, my God. Oh, great, Ma. She loved it. She and tracked it. Some of it. my followers followed her. Yes, mine too, because right. they knew she was Mama. But uh, she really enjoyed it, and it uh, expanded her life. Enhanced. It enhanced Yes, her. it did. Uh, and uh, she really enjoyed that, and she started uh, posting every day. It got to the point where I knew about what time she'd get up or what she's doing that day because she posted every day. It was at the point when she was too ill to be going to kind of similar to me, you know, where you can't go where you want to go. She was able to go there through so, through Instagram. And she truly appreciated it, and she loved those pictures. Remember, we'd go visit her, and she'll, oh, cuddle, Kathy, look at this. No, she forwarded she, me on DMs. Well, that too. Many photos of people that she, she also loved Disney. So any photos with Disney, the castle with a cool sunset or whatever, and she would forward them to me, oftentimes without any words of her own, just wanting me to, you know, to share these posts with me. Yeah. And then also we found out after she passed that she had several people that she actually had developed closer friendships with that she was DMing back and forth. And she had friends through Instagram as well. And I just think that's so valuable because she was living alone. You know, she she had a a condition that limited her physically as far as where she could go, what she could do. Mm -hmm. 
And this opened the whole world to her through her her phone. It gave her uh, spark back. It, it did. It really, really, it really gave her spark her, back. Almost like if you had a new job or you had yes. a, it gave her a purpose. Yes. And it was what I liked about it. She could do it whenever she wanted. Mm -hmm. She was in control of where she went, what she wanted to see. And it was interactive. She got friends through it. Mm -hmm. It really uh, kept her going very well. And I had no idea that was going to happen. No. I didn't know the no. benefits. I didn't even know if she'd like it. No. Yeah, but there's she did. No way and to it, know. Was, it was a great and again, positive thing. You just put it out there and then you see. You know, and, and sh then she would ask more follow-up questions. And, oh, what about this? And she, your mom was very good at, at um, asking, you know, you questions about Instagram, which also bonded the two of you. That's you true, know, too. In those think years. Of that. Because she and I bonded over cancer. But mm -hmm. with, with you, you know, you, you bonded because she'd call you about, oh, Carl, have you seen this feature on Instagram? You're right. Have you, you know? You're right. It's something we did together. Right. That's absolutely, I never thought of that. Right. And the photography was so vastly different because hers was in her house with her phone, but right. that was what was accessible to her. Right. And it, and that wasn't even the important part. The important part is the interaction, the connection. You know what was important to me about it with her was that the time she took to set up her stuff. She did. She made sure she had like lace on the table and set the stuff on top and everything matching. And I want this teapot with this cup. And I, you know, and she would write out in her notebook what all she had set out for these flat lays. Um, yeah, I was really impressed with her process, to be honest. And, and the, the amount of thought and care she put into it, clearly people saw that because she had a, those those close DM relationships where people, you know, would write her about her photos. Mm -hmm. and, um, and none of them knew she had cancer. Because no, she, she wouldn't did tell not, anybody. No, nobody knew. She didn't even tell people in the park how right. old she was. Well, she also didn't tell them at work when she had to quit her job, which was because of cancer. She right. retired. She didn't want any she pity. she didn't want to tell anyone. Yes, she didn't tell anyone. And so that had nothing to do, you know, that's the difference with us, but um, these people became her friends through the shared interest of the antiques yeah. and the, you know, and, and I think that's such a powerful thing. And at the end of the day, I think that we need to give credit to our son, Clint, because he planted that seed in you in Bremerton years and years ago, you know, when Instagram had first come out. And like you said, you didn't know what, what Instagram was or what was going to happen. You took right. a picture of your pizza. Right. So when he planted a seed, you're right. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't think of that. And it goes all the way back to that for us, for this chain. And he planted a seed and I let it sit. And then, uh, no, you let it sit. I watered mine a little bit. I didn't I do didn't much. I didn't even take the seed. You didn't even I take the seed. I was just like, this is beyond what I'm... Yeah, because yeah. when my mom, we planted a seed with her, she went up, she watered it, grew and fertilized it oh, and kept going. Oh, lots of fertilizer, yeah. Yeah, for us, you know, I, I started, I watered it, then it started to bloom. Then when mine started to bloom, you planted your seed, and then they both bloomed. But you're right, I never thought about the seed thing with that. And it all started, that one little thing in Bremerton. Right. We wouldn't be here without that. Well, we wouldn't be doing this. No. And I wouldn't have gone to Epicurrence. I no. mean, it, it, it's a whole series of events. And that's the point that I tried to make on Chris's show, Christo, and that's the point I really think is important for people to know. 
you do not know how far that seed is going to go. You know, I give you a seed, you plant it, you grow five watermelons, you give people the seeds and they plant it. And then they, you know, you don't know. You have no idea. You don't even know you're giving them a seed, but you don't know what's coming up. Like you said, watermelons, one could be a weed. We don't know. But if we reach out, plant the seeds by connecting with people, mm-hmm. basically, and whatever the conversation leads to that specific interaction, because they're all different. You don't know what seeds planted. You don't know, but all you know, it's a positive well, interaction. And I think part of that is you don't know what seeds they need at the time. There's no way to read people. You know, I can't read people's minds. So you no. don't know what seeds they need. Right. If you're literally going to the store for real seeds, you know, like, <laughs> okay, I want to grow zucchini and I want to grow this. a pickle. Right. But you don't grow a pickle. Well, cucumber, whatever. But the point is you can have a list and you can go buy the seeds. But with knowledge and with all the different factors in life, like we had talked earlier about being on that people mover and being knocked down by a beam, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have to keep going on that people mover, but we're carrying something at that point. Anything to lighten it, you know, like when you bought that camera, that was the seed. You know, so I think it's it's impossible. You didn't know when you bought that camera how far it would go or how many different cameras we'd get or, or all the Where different things now. we would do with the camera. But it you planted that seed anyway. You take that leap of faith and you say, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and put this here. I'm just going to put this information out, this piece of my heart, you know, the, whatever. I'm going to share this, and it's up to that person what they do with the seed. Absolutely. You know, they may not need it. They may honestly not need that seed at that point. However, who knows if, like me with the Instagram seed, if in two, three years, they may think, oh, I was given that seed by Carl. I'm going to go ahead and utilize that now because I have space for that seed in my garden. I need that plant. That's why every interaction is so important. Genuine interaction with no motives. And it, you're, while you're talking, it reminds me of when I was in high school. You know, I, I got some input on music. has nothing to do, well, the kind of life, but different, certain type of music. Ah, oh, that's nothing. And then later on in life, when we started doing our albums, we got into that music again. And then I realized what he was talking about back then. And has an impact on my life now because it's broadened my scope. It's broadened my sense of meaning through this music. And then you spread that to me because I had never, ever heard some of the, this music. And you spread that to me. You know, you shared that seed with me. And I just think that, you know, we... If you look at all the different ways your life's enhanced over the years, generally, generally, most of it, it's from other human beings. Interactions. And or what you yeah, see. I, I mean, it's from learning from each other. And I just feel that if we don't open our door, if we don't try to share something, nobody can tell you everything. We can't tell anyone everything. But if you tell them one thing of value, if you give them one seed that they can water and it, and it can bloom and enhance their life. And then also that comes back to you because you may or may not know 
and that what you gave them was super valuable. You may never know. I had many interactions during cancer that were of great value to me, and I'm sure the people did not know that because all I needed was just that little bump of kindness. I need a little tiny, like a sunflower seed, you know. I just needed a tiny seed at that time because it meant so much. Everything else was so heavy that just any hint of of a possible plant growing, you know, right. warmed no, my I hear heart. You. And I, I just feel that we may never know the value of what we give to others, but we should give it freely anyway. We're not giving it for a value or for anything in response. And right. But it is yeah. nice when somebody comes back Absolutely to you is. after years and says mm-hmm. what you did for me helped. And you've had that experience. No, I've had that experience. Uh, someone did come to me and tell me we had a conversation years ago mm-hmm. and they told me it impacted them. And this is why. And I didn't even remember the conversation. Because, you know, we have so many interactions, but I did when they told me, and it meant a lot for them to tell me because that fulfills me that I was able to contribute something that made a difference. And that's what we all should try to do. I actually feel like it's almost more valuable when it's like that, and it's years later. And it's to the point where you forgot. You forgot you even shared that seed with that person you forgot you let it go because again you're on that people mover you're moving forward you've probably shared many other seeds mm-hmm, along mm-hmm. the way and then out of the blue this person comes back and says to you you gave me something valuable and i want to let you know to me that's nothing better than that right and you know what he did he gave you a seed back <laughs> right oh absolutely yeah it's very touching uh yeah, there'll be some tears on this show, but I'm going to try to keep it good now. But yeah, that's what it's all about. That's it. That's the core of it all to well, me. To me, too. And I think you say we're vastly different. You know, you said that before. And I, I really feel, yes, we are. But the, the common thread with us and the thing that holds us together is our, our love of humanity. And, and I think at the end of the day, we both have this deep, trust in just human kindness and, and, and the value mm-hmm. of that in life because you can own things you can have great jobs you can have titles but at the end of the day it's it's what's in your heart that matters it's it's the the kindness you show each other and we've both been at places in life where you're kind of just so steeped in pain yes that the only thing that it doesn't matter what your title is it doesn't matter how much money you have at that point pain is pain the only thing that helps at that point are human connections love and happiness well to me human human connections you know when i was at the hospital after my surgery i um i was in bed you know i couldn't get out of bed and my roommate's phone, I had a roommate, and there was a curtain between us, so I never saw her. And my roommate's phone kept ringing, kept mm-hmm. ringing. And it didn't think she maybe knew how to answer the phone. And then we had the call button for the nurse, and I would call the nurse, and every time you call, it'd be, what do you need? You know, and it's, yes. it's, it's like, 
I'm in pain or whatever you need. You know, it's it's basic things you need, but but you have to go back on the speaker, tell them what you need. Yes. Well, when my roommate would call and they would say, what do you need? They couldn't hear her because her voice from being intubated, you know, before. She couldn't speak loud or clear. They, they couldn't hear her. And then they wouldn't come and check. And so the next morning, I was finally able to get up. I had to get up because yeah. of, I had a situation. But and you I were had in to get pain. Up. I was in pain. But what got me through that was when I did get up and then you left and her phone rang again and it was never answered. And I thought... I don't think she knows how to answer the phone. You know, how, I don't she know. She might not be able to move to answer. I don't know. So I went over there and I introduced myself and I basically said, you know, I'm Catherine. I, I have breast cancer. And she said whatever her name was and she had uh, another, can a different cancer. And her phone was there on her bed and I said, do you know how, you know, to answer this? And we went through the phone and she thanked me. And then I said, you know, if you need the nurse, you can tell me when you need the nurse. And I can call them from my button. How sweet. And tell them what you need. Um, and we talked. And it ended up that she was a retired nurse. Oh, wow. From another country. Um, but she was a retired nurse. Wow. The nurses didn't know that. Oh. And it didn't seem to matter one way or the other. It didn't matter that she had probably done that for years and helped so many other people. And when she needed it, it was tough. But what got me through my hospital stay is that I was able to help her. Awesome. Me getting out of bed for me was the most pain I've ever experienced in my life. I remember. But me getting out of bed and then being able to help her made it easier. Awesome. So I guess that's kind of the purpose for me of this show and of life in general is just if we can give something forward that then makes life easier for us. Yes. You know, absolutely. If we can carry compassion from our places of pain instead of anger. Yes. How much different could things be? We just got to everyone open your front door, let your light out and, and, you know, see, and I know it's hard to have that trust, but you know, when you've been in these deep pain and then you can use that to help others, to me, that's what it's all about. It is. And it's hard to do for some. And once it, you do it little by little, it feeds itself and then it'll grow from there. But that's a good podcast. We'll, I we'll know. We'll end it so, on that beautiful so note. Serious, well, right? it got serious there, didn't it? But it's okay. Life's <sighs> serious and... It is what it is. We can't tell you everything, but we can try to plant a seed here or there. And we can hope that's if all one we can person do. gets one thing, that's a beautiful thing. You yes, know? it is. And and I know that sounds so, I don't know what it sounds like. but Who the hell knows? I don't it's know. It's the truth. So that's yeah. all there is. We have no agenda. We're just us. Uh, thank you for listening and watching. Uh, tell somebody if you like it. Subscribe, like, whatever share. else they say. I don't. I know. have no idea what they say on YouTube or. But it's good we to are. be here. And, uh, <laughs> love you and have a good night. Are you saying that to me or to everyone else? To you. Okay. Love them too. I love you too. Come All on. right.